Welcome to the Loose Change Podcast. Today we're talking a little Bengals, a little Ravens, and a little Baker. We're going over who we can trust and who we can't trust going into the fantasy football playoffs. Wrapping up our award race uh, conversations, going over offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and coach of the year. And then we wrap up with our favorite segment of the week, the Bet Stamp Locks of the Week. everybody and welcome back to the football edition of the loose change podcast we got the full crew your host tyler two cents here joined by dan the man castle and kyle the ravens fan lamar jackson the mvp colombo kyle how are we feeling about only a quarterback are we uh pumped about that i i don't know if pumps the right term (laughs) like i'd rather have lamar out there but I love Snoop. I think that he's a one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league, and this is why we went out and franchise or tendered him. Is his uh, nickname Snoop? Yeah, that's pretty cool. From dog, yeah, from the dog, D O double G. Yeah, but he's just Snoop. Like you'll hear everyone in the stand just like Snoop. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, that's uh, great. Those chants. But- that you can't tell if it's them saying the name or if they're booing. I know with Muth, <laughs> yeah. every time that Friar Muth for the Steelers <laughs> catches a ball, I'm like, "What happened? Is someone hurt? Why what booing? happened?" Oh, they're they're and happy. And the Steelers yeah. are quick to boo as well. So yeah, exactly. But man. yeah, I, I honestly like. I think that the Ravens' offense is primed to look better than it has in the past couple of weeks, and a lot of that is Greg Roman really simplifies this playbook for Huntley which he should be doing a better job with his playbook when Lamar's in there, but don't even get me started on that. Um, it's a whole I just think that like right there talking about oh, the OC yeah, of the Ravens and how much he shits the bed. Two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm excited for Huntley. I just think that he gives us a chance to win the game still. And we're still sitting at the top of the division. And I think we're going to see more players get involved. So. Big game coming up for the Ravens against the Steelers this week. Hopefully they win that one. They're in a race with Dan's Bengals. Dan, yes. I know all week long you've been saying we have to talk a little bit of Bengals on the podcast. <laughs> this is your opportunity. Joe Burrows snuck his way into the MVP conversation all of a sudden. How are you feeling about your Cincinnati boys? Oh, they're just getting hot at the right time. It just seems like everybody's starting to pick them as they're uh maybe underdog pick going into the playoffs because they had the hot run last year and it's they're starting to look like the team of of last year when they won that super bowl run and they just beat the chiefs right beat mahomes again right huge win all you can ask for really when you're going head into the playoffs that's a big uh momentum builder for the Bengals, i think and uh yeah, I just think it's finally safe to say they look like they could make a run in the playoffs finally again. They're hitting their stride at the right time, which is what they're, I like to see. They're getting healthy at the right time, and like their O-line yes. starting to gel too, which is huge because their O-line looked so bad in the beginning of the season, and now like they're actually Outside. starting to create some more lanes. They and weren't like, even good last year's playoff push. They made it playing like no. a very subpar offensive line. Yeah, well, that's why everyone and, thought that like they were poised to switch things around this year it was because they went and invested all this capital and right. money in their offensive line, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I just speaking of O line, I just like to give a shout out to the run game and Samaj P Ryan because he's really stepped up as well with uh Mixon being hurt. He's had a couple highlight reel stiff arms, but even when he's not putting up highlights, he's hitting those holes hard and giving the Bengals a run game when their lead back is out, which is nice to see. Yeah, do you think enough Bengals talk. To... Boo. You... I just have a question for Dan. Do you think that P. Ryan starts to eat into Mixon's touches at all? Now I that mean, Mixon's fully back. Oh, I I honestly wouldn't mind just to hopefully keep Mixon healthy. I feel like maybe using his workload and using P. Ryan a bit more. And even the mixing in Evans, I don't mind that as well. If I feel like last year we were seeing a little bit more of a mix in the backfield, so I'm hoping into the playoffs maybe we see more of a mix so Mixon doesn't get put out due to injury again. Piran's been so solid for the Bengals, Absolutely. and I remember when he was drafted, I was excited for him to become like a three-down back, like a fantasy stud. I remember being like, oh, this guy's going to be real hot in dynasty drafts. Never really panned out, but every single time Mixon doesn't play, this guy goes for 100 and a touchdown, right? Like, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. You put him in the right situation, he can be a solid back for sure. I, I think they're Alexander okay Madison. With yeah, the yeah. <laughs> Where he's actually better than the starter if the starter goes down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to get into some fantasy talk, but we have to talk about my Eagles first. Holy shit, dude. Like, people have been talking about how light their schedule is, and it has been light. And that's why even as an Eagles fan, I've been like, all right, let's see how this Titans game goes. They destroyed them. They set, like, a franchise record, I'm pretty sure. Or, like, since the 1990s, they had this amount of penalties on their offensive line and tight ends. It was like a record. They got a penalty almost every other play and they still scored 35 points. <laughs> like oh AJ God. Brown got the GM Crazy. fired because the Titans GM traded <laughs> this guy. The revenge gets, game was so good. He burns them for two touchdowns and a bunch of yards. And then the next day I've never seen before, Kyle, you've been watching football longer than me. Has a team yeah. ever been leading the division at week 13 Lose to the 11 and one team, and then the GM gets fired. Like, you know, something's cooking there. There's like, you know, you know, that he made this call in the war room on draft day and was like, We're moving AJ Brown. (laughs) If this goes sideways, it's on me. And the owner's like, Okay, I'm holding you to that. And then AJ Brown goes for two touchdowns, and this man's phone's ringing as he's walking off the field. And it's like, (laughs) <laughs> as he's walking off the field don't yeah. answer don't answer <laughs> oh, that's so until i get to the car so no one sees me cry and then oh, hurts man. what a game he had he vaulted himself right into second in the mvp voting with mahomes losing to joe burrow he is literally neck and neck give me the hurts mvp so i can post the reel of my in episode one when kyle and i were talking about it i called eagles for the super bowl hurts mvp and i was laughed at i can't wait to show that in black and white and just say who laughed at you uh many people cody williams and several others oh wow name drop (laughs) uh my lamar mvp bet's not looking hot not too hot and Lamar Jackson was my fantasy quarterback in one of my leagues. So I'm not looking too hot either. And this kind of transitions and segues pretty well into our first ever edition of trust issues. 
can we trust these fantasy players? Let me ask you and start with this. Lamar Jackson just got hurt, killing me and my fantasy team. I'm locked for playoffs, though. So when Lamar comes back, I have the option of starting him. But do I even want to? Because this guy's not been good in fantasy for a while. Kyle and Dan, please set me straight. This guy that can't throw TDs to anyone. He hasn't thrown a touchdown to a wide receiver since week three. Now he's injured. You're going to be coming back off injury to a Ravens team that's not been great. Do you guys want to start Lamar Jackson? Should I trust him in my lineups in fantasy playoffs? Dan, before I get to the Ravens fan, give me a rational take. Well, I'm kind of on the same boat with you here as I am the owner of Lamar Jackson in Oof. our keeper league. Oh, yeah. With, with a bunch of Ravens fans. So there's part of me that just wants to spitefully keep him so the Ravens fans can't have him. And I've also committed by naming my team not bad for a running back. Right. It's a so, yeah, it's a full commitment for me right now. And I've... I've been like you, man. I've been. You've been thinking like, about it. the The proof is in the pudding because, like, he's been such a good quarterback for not this season, but in past seasons, he's been great fantasy quarterback that for you can three rely weeks, on. He was really good. Yeah. When when my team was bad, he at least he was good. But now my team's just bad. So <laughs> Dan, you're not making playoffs in that league. But let's say you were. Would you trust him over like? a geno smith or would you trust him over that's that's not even go all the way there daniel jones who would you rather start vanilla vick or lamar jackson with you mentioning geno smith that's uh a guy i have some questions about as well but uh i'll let kyle give us the the ravens take on this lamar situation because i feel like kyle what are oh, we doing so with yeah. Lamar? We both are very confused have, and conflicted. I feel like you have to start Lamar unless you've like really planned yeah. accordingly. Um, it's one of those things where it's like I'm pretty sure he's still like the number six overall QB, and like he still has you know games over 20 points, a few games where he's like 15. He doesn't put up very many stinkers just because of his rushing capabilities, and assuming that he's back in like he's the estimated time frame was one to three weeks so we know he's missing this week it's possible he comes back against cleveland for week one of your fantasy playoffs that's not a matchup i would feel great starting him in if you have a pivot because he is coming off a knee injury and like his mobility is what makes him so dangerous right so i think that i i don't feel conf or confident or comfortable starting him against cleveland but if he is playing, I'm absolutely starting him against Atlanta or Pittsburgh in weeks 16 and 17. So like, it's a matchup just, thing for you. It it is, and it I mean it depends on who you have as a pivot too, right? Yeah. Like if you're well, going let's into this, propose and you're vanilla like, Vic. Let's say it's Danny Dimes. What do we do? So, and are we're we're talking like replacement for now, or we're talking like week 16. Well, that's the thing. I'm saying I've made playoffs. Most of the people have made playoffs. If you're really coming down to it this week, it, like you're not worried about Lamar right now, right? Because he's injured. Yeah. When he's healthy and he's back in the fantasy playoffs, can I trust him? That is the question for this guy yes. and all future players that we're talking about. You can trust Lamar. You can trust Lamar. Um, I hope you're right, man. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to. But... I, I think... 
and I kind of touched on it a little bit just in, in the Huntley conversation. I think that this playbook is going to get simplified and the offense is going to start to improve. They have some good matchups against bad defenses and hopefully, hopefully Greg Roman learns his lesson and simplifies this playbook and, you know, just doesn't make Lamar carry the whole load all on his own. Like we failed to get Duvernay involved after he started off really hot. Demarcus Robinson has flashed over the past couple of weeks and Mark Andrews has just been like disappearing the last two, three weeks now. So I think that Huntley starts to make this simpler offense and gets more people involved. So yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. I I like trusting Lamar. I think you hit the nail on the head though. Like, Unless you have a good backup plan, you kind of have to ride with Lamar. Uh, but Danny Dimes, I feel like I still might take Lamar over Danny Dimes. But I, you mentioned Gino earlier, and I think I'd be taking Gino over Lamar down the stretch here, just because of all the question marks surrounding Lamar. Like with it, like is he going to be able to be as mobile, which is where he gets a lot of his fantasy points. I think uh, Gino's a, maybe a more consistent option just because of uh, their situation going into the end of the year. Uh, so yeah, you answered okay my next I, question. I, start... I was going to ask yeah. you, like, is Gino safer than can Lamar? I... So, yes, he is. Yeah, okay. can I start gushing about Gino? Gushing. Oh, I didn't you think wanted to gush? I, I didn't, didn't know you think... wanted to gush. I didn't think I'd be doing that because I I feel like Gino's unexpectedly been a top 10 quarterback uh, for fantasy this year, which I didn't see coming. I don't think many people saw him. <laughs> no one saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, if you drafted him and Bro, he's yeah. a top 10 quarterback, you're like, I hit the lottery. You're probably he was on waivers in a... two quarterback leagues. Yeah. And and now, like, maybe you do have Gino as your backup option to Lamar, right? So maybe you want to lean on Gino a bit more here. Uh, yeah, and the, the Seahawks have had a, a seat like uh are going into the playoffs uh and they need uh a big performances out of Gino and I think he's gonna have them for him like I think he's gonna be playing some inspired football like they need wins uh, coming down to the end of the season and I think that's gonna mean big numbers for Gino and he could help you maybe win some big playoff games with big performances. He has a couple of tough matchups, but he also has a few favorable matchups, I think going yeah, into like that, that playoff run. But even if it's a tough defense, I think it's a situation where the season is in Gino's hands and he's going to ball out no matter what defense he's going up against. One thing to be worried about is because I also have Geno Smith on one of my fantasy teams. I noticed today that he was added to the injury report with the throwing shoulder. Yeah, the shoulder, yeah. So they expect him to play. No one else Seattle is worried about it, but I am worried about it because I got a notification that my starting quarterback's shoulder is hurting. So it's not a great Him and DK are banged up. Just be wary about that. Kyle, I know you've been worried about a couple of your running backs i have been let me set you straight what do you think do you think that we can trust kamara alvin kamara i think everyone's had some trust issues with kamara this year he's been one of those guys that he just i don't know like it doesn't know how they want to utilize him like there was Tyler and I talked about this already, but there was situations in last week's game where it was like third and eight 
and they have Mark Ingram in there and they're dumping the ball off to Mark Ingram after he had come out with a an injury and then went back in. And like why are you using... sitting Kamara? Kamara's on the sideline. One Kamara. of your talented and versatile running backs. Like I understand the short yardage stuff, but if you're gonna pass the ball to a running back, why the hell are you throwing it to Mark Ingram? Um exactly. but that that's what we've seen from Dennis Allen and this offense. Like Kamara is the RB25 on the year. So he's not even wow. an RB2 right now. That and you bad, drafted eh? this guy That's to be crazy. a mid to high end RB1, thinking he was getting all these volume plays. But now Mark Ingram is hurt. He's out for the season. And <laughs> you've got Ma- you've got Kamara has a bye. So they have some time to kind of reset, recuperate. And then you've They've got been Atlanta. Backed into a corner. Cleveland they have to use Philly. Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been holding on to Mark Ingram's handcuff this long. You just have to put him in, right? <laughs> um, so I don't know. What do you think? Like, are you starting Kamara over? Uh, I don't even know. Like, who another RB two would be at this point? Would you right, start? It comes down Kamara to over like Michael Carter. I would Ooh. start Kamara over Michael Carter for sure. Would you start okay. Kamara over David Montgomery? Oh, it's like you know Montgomery's getting the workload. And Kamara, yeah. I guess, will now too that Mark Ingram's injured. Can't believe I'm yeah. saying that. But, and I'm also can't believe I'm saying this. I trust the Bears coaching staff offensively more than the Saints. Did that just come out of my mouth? Wild. I can't believe I just said that. But it's true. Also, it's true. Yeah. yeah. My my concerns with Montgomery come from the fact that like he I mean he's been a little bit more involved in the past game the past couple weeks which is obviously good but then he has uh tough matchups against Philly and Buffalo and then he's got a okay matchup against Detroit so we're I'm going to say no you can't trust him in the sense like you said Kyle you drafted him to be an RB1 he's probably still your best running back on your roster if he is <laughs> yeah. Don't like plan your lineup accordingly. He is not yeah. going to finish an RB one. I don't think, I think you're no. kind of hopeful. You're like, it'd be touchdown dependent and the saints don't score touchdowns. So I'm thinking I'm not trusting Kamara that way. He's probably in my lineup. Yeah, hopefully he'll put up enough. Would yeah, you start, hopefully. would you start Jeff Wilson over Kamara? I would have before his one touch game that he had two games ago. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I can't what believe we're actually asking right that. Like I Kamara is quite the conversation. Um Dan, quickly, Kamara, trust him, yes or no? I feel like you made the investment on Kamara, so you might have to stick with him, like you said, like he still may be one of your best options and just a scenario where you hope he puts up enough. And some of your other players on your roster are going to have a big game for you, hopefully. How about this, Kyle? This is another running back in the pre-show you're curious about. DeAndre Swift, right? A big thing with him is not the talent, it's not the team, it's not the opportunity. The only thing is, will he actually play? Like, what's the snap count going to be? Because he's actually put up okay fantasy performances as a 30% snap running back which is insane but he's been playing that good he's such a good running back that when you give him opportunities he'll make it would you rather start Kamara with his guaranteed workload on that bad offense or Swift with his not guaranteed workload on that pretty good offense 
I'm taking Swift just because I think Kamara's trending in the wrong direction with, you know, his snap counts and utilization. And yeah, there's this unknown of like, okay, Ingram's down. We assume Kamara's getting those extra carries. But for all we know, they could bring in another body and, you know, Kamara seems the same workload. Um, we don't know what they're doing with Kamara. We don't know if they're just throwing this season out the window and trying to keep him healthy or what they're doing. But, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen there yet. So at this point in time, I'm rolling with DeAndre Swift, who has one of the most favorable running back matchups in the league. He's uh, for fantasy playoffs. He's trending in the right direction. We saw him have a big game last week and start to take over the lion's share of that backfield again. And I think we're just going to see more and more Swift moving forward now that it seems like he's fully healthy. Yeah, I I trust Swift more than Kamara. I'm not in yeah. love with either yeah. option, but I do trust Swift more than K- Kamara. Dan, you're with me. Yeah, and uh, it's another situation as well where the Lions are playing inspired football. And it, he. I feel like... Th- the Lions have it more figured out, like in the, with their run game, than the Saints do right now. Like, yeah. come on, the Saints really no can't doubt. figure out. You need to give Kamara the ball when Swift is on the field and getting snaps. He's usually the one getting getting touches involved in the pass and run game. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Damn shame. I'm so mad because Kamara is such a good running back. Like he's yeah. so yeah. good out of the passing game too. Yeah, just... one of the best patch catching backs in my opinion. Put Jameis Winston back in the fucking lineup, dude. <sighs> that that it, uh, that drives me nuts. It dude. sucks for like for Dynasty too, because yeah. you've been hanging on to Kamara. Like I have him in uh two different dynasty leagues, which sucks. Because I mean, you held on to him knowing that you're gonna basically use him this year and that he's going to be suspended at the beginning of next year. Yeah. And now he's been a piece of shit to you and he's been a, a thorn in your side all year. And then he's going to get suspended to start the right. year. So next this year, year he's been he's annoying. Useless. Last year he was yeah. hurt a little bit. This next year he's going to get suspended and then yeah. he's 30. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Great. No, yeah. Rough. If you can yeah. sell Kamara for anything half decent, I would do it. AJ Dillon is someone that I have in leagues and I'm very curious, do I play him and can I trust him in a fantasy matchup? I was close to dropping, dropping him a few weeks ago because everyone was telling me to, he was the RB 40 and basically just a handcuff to Aaron Jones at this point. He follows that with two back-to-back weeks scoring touchdowns and being very fantasy relevant. He's actually getting the ball Green Bay clearly needs to rely on their running back. So I get why. And this is why I drafted him in the fifth round for him to be this RB2 solid flex play. But can I trust that in my dying matchups in the fantasy playoffs? Are you willing to throw AJ Dillon in your lineup? Do you trust him as a flex play, Kyle? Uh, Yes. Uh, A lot of it, well... It depends what we hear coming out of the buy, and that's the nice part of like, I mean, it sucks that it's a week 14 buy, but we're going to have a little bit more clarity on the injury that Aaron Jones is dealing with. And if after the buy, he's still missing practices or limited in practices, you know, 
Jones might suit up, but Dylan is going to see closer to that 50% snap share mark, which over the past two weeks, he has done an amazing job at utilizing and taking advantage of. And, and let's be clear, remember, he wasn't for like no. 10 straight yeah. weeks. So this is why he's yes. in this segment. Yeah, yeah he's as been an Aaron awful. Jones owner, I know that. <laughs> and he, was, like, he wasn't utilized at all. He was getting like four carries a game. Yeah. And it was like, okay, what's going on? But now Jones is dealing with this shin injury. So if he's still dealing with this shin injury coming out of bye, they're pretty much eliminated from playoffs already. So if this is a nagging injury for your 28-year-old star running back that you still have under contract for the next like two to three years, you're going to go use A.J. Dillon. You're going to use mm-hmm. your young guy just to ground pound the ball. You're probably, you might not even have Rogers in there at some point. Like he could get pulled. We (laughs) we don't know what to expect. I think if love goes in, we see even a more reliance on the run game, which would mean more, even more volume. There's just such a high volume going towards the backfield right now. I feel like uh, Dylan is a, a safe safety blanket at flex. If you need him in. Yeah, I think wow. that um, he he possesses some touchdown upside. And, like, we're starting to see what I expected to see from the Packers early in the year, where, like, you've got A.J. Dillon and Jones on the field at the same time. You have A.J. Dillon lining up as, like, a fullback and getting those short inside carries um, or, you know, doing a, a screen across uh, the front of the quarterback where it's, like, you know, he looks like he's just going to be a blocker in the play and then gets the ball, but they have to still respect Aaron Jones being out there as well. So I don't know. The Packers may have figured out what they needed to do all along, but there's just so many unknowns coming out of the bye. You just got to pay close attention to the injury reports, I think. Yeah. So I think we all agree that when push comes to shove, we're going to trust AJ Dillon. We're going to trust Swift. We're gonna be begr- re- <laughs> we're gonna begrudgingly. That word always gets me. We're going to begrudgingly <laughs> start Kamara, but we don't trust him. No, we trust yes. Gino. Hopefully, this yes. answers some questions for you. One I, last I, guy yeah. before we wrap it up. I'm very curious to know. Kyle brought it up pre-show, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I forgot about this guy because I haven't stashed him." But every league has this guy stashed. It's Jameson Williams, JMO, the star rookie wide receiver that just hasn't gotten a chance yet for the Lions. A pretty good offense. Would you start this guy if he shows he can do it in week 14 in the fantasy playoffs? Are you willing to put him in your lineup, Dan? Honest. (laughs) (laughs) You thought about that for a sec, eh? You don't know. Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe yes, but see, this is funny because at the beginning of the year, he was an option for me to draft in Dynasty, and I decided against it because of all the question marks. The talent is there for sure. Like if he can bounce back from this injury, you, he could be a maybe a, a league winner for you, right? If you have him stashed, but. I don't know if I can trust him just because I haven't seen him touch the NFL field yet. And Kyle, I, I know that the lions, they probably don't have a chance at the playoffs here. Like who knows if they kind of keep his snaps snap count down, but Mm -hmm. like Dan mentioned, his talent is unreal. He could be a league winner. Are you willing to trust him? 
Um, I'm not trusting him over the next like two weeks or so. But if he uh, I definitely it? wouldn't be playing him this week, even if he doesn't prove it. Like a big thing that we have to look out for is like the Lions have been super cautious bringing players back from injury. Um, they've just been taking their time because I mean, no one's expecting them to win a Super Bowl this year. But they are in a position where if they win out or they win, you know, the majority of the remaining games that they could make a playoff push. Um, they're hitting their stride at the right time. It's more so just how they've been returning players. They've been bringing players back and having them on like really low snap counts for the first couple of games and then throwing them in. Um where I think that, you know, when he plays Carolina week 16, if you're struggling for a flex play, he's going to have tremendous upside at that point. He'll have already gotten his feet wet in this offense. And, you know, Carolina is not a, a, a bad matchup at all for a wide receiver. And then he's playing Chicago in your fantasy championship. So you, sometimes him you all need year. to go for it. You need to grow a pair and exactly. play the upside guy that can yeah. post zero points. Well, exactly. It's like if you have like a, a Brandon Cooks, let's say Brandon Cooks is healthy or Michael Gallup. Pittman. Are you playing Michael Pittman? Are you playing one of those guys to try to chase, you know, that 10 point floor? Or are you putting in Jamison Williams in week 16 against Carolina, which is an amazing matchup and hoping that he goes off for 100 yards and a touchdown or more than that? Because this is such a high powered offense. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I would bet on it. I don't know if I could trust it, but I'm willing to take the risk, if you know what I mean. My, my thing is when you have these players like A.J. Dillon or Jamison Williams that you've stashed all year long, if you're not willing to put those players in your lineup when you need a pivot, yeah, what's the point? why are you stashing them? And yeah. this is just like a general PSA for people out there that are managing their benches have a backup quarterback at this point. Like if you are Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes owner, don't wait until that player gets hurt to have to pivot and you end up stuck with like Desmond Ritter as your quarterback because the guy you're playing in playoffs took the other quarterback to block you. Yeah. Like be be prepared for the worst case scenario. There's you only you know, four weeks of football left for fantasy. So have a backup quarterback. If you're, you know, have a backup tight end, depending on how deep your benches are. And then have a couple of flex pivots where you need them. You don't have to worry about bye weeks anymore. So just make sure that you have players in place to fill those gaps. If God forbid you have an injury to one of your studs. Yeah, that's a great point. I might fucking clip that because I need to take notes on that. That's so true. Building your bench is for fancy playoffs right now. Start doing it because it yes. matters so yeah. fucking much. Pause yeah. this podcast. Go to your NFL app, your sleeper app, your Yahoo app, and go check out the benches. Make sure that you're all secure. That's such a good point. And ha- handcuffs too. Like if if there's no viable options out there for like a, a running back that you would feel comfortable plugging into your flex this week, Go grab your running back hand. Go grab Brita. What if Saquon goes down? Yeah. Go grab Brita. Make sure that Samaj Jackson. What if JT's down? Like, yeah. Yeah. I like you're gonna see players get hurt. You're gonna see players just get taken out of games if teams aren't in the running, even if they're, you know, it's not necessarily that they're gonna get like benched, but if they're dealing with a nagging injury or, you know, it's something minor, like they broke a finger. 
you know, yeah. generally they would play through that to get to playoffs, but if they're not making playoffs, why risk further injury? They're just going to take them out for the season. So be prepared that you could lose your studs at any time and have a backup plan. So that's our fantasy segment. Definitely use that information to figure out who you can trust and who you can't trust going towards your fancy playoffs. And we wish you the best of luck here at the Loose Change podcast. Now let's finish our award race conversation. There's a okay. few that we left out. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Let's start there. This is a conversation I'm curious about because I am heavily invested in Kenneth Walker getting the Offensive Rookie of the Year. But how does it not go to Christian Watson at this point? Kyle, this guy's gotten like Randy Moss numbers over the last four weeks. Do you know what it is offhand? uh, Is it eight touchdowns that you scored in the last four weeks? Big Christian Watson truthers on this podcast. We told you to trade for him. We told you. Exactly. Yep. Man, it's interesting. Like, so it's Christian Watson, it's Pierce, it's Olave. Is Watson the favorite right now? At this point, right now, I believe it's still Kenneth Walker, but he's like injured as well. So it's really yeah. hard to say. I, I think it's the a list three, of odds. Yeah. It goes. Kenneth I think Walker. it's a three-man race. Really? Because Garrett Wilson yeah, is the think- second man. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Walker, Wilson, and Watson are the are the three men. That Let's could keep it, it to those three then. Yeah. Walker, Wilson, or Watson. Who do you think is the offensive rookie of the year? Kyle, I'm going start. Wilson. You go Wilson. I go Wilson, and a lot of that is like Watson's been on an absolute tear. Don't get me wrong, but. Wilson has also been on a tear, but we saw Wilson be very productive early in the season and now is just getting better with Mike White at QB. So the longer they keep Mike White at QB and have someone that can get the ball to Wilson, I think that he's going to start to take the lead in that race. Whereas someone like Watson screams regression. Um, I, how he's kept it up for four weeks. I have no idea. I thought that this was like a one and done. And then second week he did it again. So, I mean, that's, that's what you're betting on, right? Is he just continues to play like this, but there's potentially a QB change. There's potentially, you know, starters that are going to be taken out of this offense and nothing to play for. Whereas like the jets are playing for the playoffs right now. And Wilson has just, continue to get better so i think that he's uh my pick to take that over i think going down the stretch the teams competing for the playoffs definitely have the advantage player wise for winning awards which leans wilson and leans walker decast do you have an opinion on watson versus wilson before we start discussing walker uh not much other than i think like we we've shown our support for for Watson so far like I, but i think he's a tad behind where walker and wilson have just been a tad more productive yeah. than, than watson throughout the the entire year uh so yeah if, d- would you like to uh stand up for watson here i i mean it's just like Kyle mentioned if he keeps it up it's his so I, do you bet that he keeps it up or not? I've, at this point, it's hard not to bet on it. I'm definitely starting him in fantasy, but if I had to put my money on one player, I'm still with Walker. If you yeah, had so, to force me to pick a receiver, I am picking Christian Watson, though, over here. Do you think Olave deserves like an honorable mention here, or do you think that he's out of the race at this point? 
he could still win it. There's plenty of weeks to go. It's his bye week, which doesn't help him. But if he no. comes out of the bye week, he deserves an honorable mention. It. But yeah, I, an I honorable know. mention is a good way to put it. He's not in the yeah. race, but Olave has. But been he's had a, well. yeah, he's had a good year. I think. Uh, yeah, State. but I, I just think, I just think Walker takes it here just because of how big of an impact he's had on Seattle's offense and kind of their unexpected turnaround. Geno has been a big part of it, but. I feel like Walker's just given that consistency to a Seattle backfield that's been looking for consistency since Lynch left. Yeah, and, and even they, since Penny left early in the season, he has yeah. been the guy. And oh, up until now, he's he's been healthy too, which is something Seattle backfield has struggled with. So as long as he can maintain his health, I think he might be the answer. And I think he's still the front runner for our offensive rookie of the year just because of his consistency throughout the year and just his impact on the Seattle offense this year in the seven games as starting running back ever since Penny went down in week five he has nine touchdowns in those seven games and he has had a 97 yard game a 90 yard game 170 110 like there's plenty of games here that are offensive rookie of the year games so Mm -hmm. I think it's his to lose but with the injury, it makes it questionable. If Walker doesn't play, it will be a receiver. If Walker plays and keeps it up a little bit, it will be up to Watson or Wilson to steal it from Walker. Yeah. If I had to bet money right now, I'm still going Walker. Are you guys with me? I'm going Walker. No, I'm going Wilson. You're Ooh. on the Wilson wagon. I like it. The Jets are going to make the playoffs. Isn't that insane? Crazy. Both New York football teams might make the playoffs. I guess the Giants only have like a 50% chance now after that tie, which is really, yeah, because they're off to such a hot, hot start of the season, eh? But the commanders are neck over. and neck with them now. Yep. And they play this week. So, or not this week, but this week upcoming, week 15. That'll be a huge game. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. I'm rooting for Seattle, though. Defensive rookie of the year is a conversation that I don't really have much to give besides I think it's uh, Sauce Gardner for sure. And it's just because of how good he's been. There's plenty of others that have like flashed like Woolen on the Seahawks. Was it Tariq Woolen? Yeah, Tariq Woolen. Yeah, yeah. Tariq Woolen. He's been great on the Seahawks. A great player already one of the best defensive players in the league as a rookie very impressive but sauce gardner is already a top three five corner in the league as a rookie it's insane stats are insane i don't even think there's a third person to mention like is hutchinson even in the race you guys think i just wanted to give hutch and woolen a shout out at least just because they've had good seasons but they haven't had a sauce gardner type of season i think Woolen's had a better season than gardner you think so? Yeah. He's gotten a few picks, right? Is that why you suggest that? Woolen has, I think, six interceptions or something on the year. Um, he has been playing extremely well. He was drafted as a fourth round pick, I think it was. Like He was a later really? draft pick wow. that really showed up and solidified the back end of the Seattle defense compared to what it was. Like They went and acquired Jamal Adams, and then he went down um 
But I don't know. Like, I'm not buying the sauce hype. I get, like, he is a good corner and he is a rookie. So I understand he's not going to be perfect. I'm seeing a lot of defensive penalties on sauce that people are not paying attention to. And I'm seeing a lot of cherry picked stats where it's like one on one in man coverage, sauce has only given up 15 yards. And it's like, yeah, because he has safety help on every play and they're mainly playing zone because that's what Salah's defense is. I know like, I know one stat that also gets overlooked. That I wouldn't say it's chair picking, but uh is it defensive breakups. And I was I was just curious because you know like not everyone gets the picks, but how are are you breaking up the passes? Or are you do are you doing yeah. playing good defense? And I was curious, and I'm like, oh wow, Sauce has 15 defensive breakups. And I'm like, well then who's the league leader in breakups? Oh, it's Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner's leading the league in defensive breakups right now, and I I don't know has a rookie ever done that? That I know it's a weird stat, but. I, I'm not sure. I just find that uh, pretty impressive, like to have 15 deflections. Yeah, uh, and this a is a weird award in general. Like comparing yeah. defensive linemen to defensive it, backs, and they all are rookies. Rare. It's a weird. It's a weird trophy or a weird award. It's yeah. rare that we see this many corners in this conversation. It's almost yeah. always edge rushers and linebackers. So I mean, right. kudos to both of them. Yeah, it's I no, just, it's refreshing to see. I like I'm not saying anything bad necessarily against Gardner. I just am not buying the hype. I think he's getting way overhyped because he was such an early pick in the draft and he's had the spotlight on him and he's, you know, he has that personality that the media wants and he's yeah. generating attention. So because of that eyes are on him. But like I watched this man get torched by Chase, uh, Chase Claypool and then all these stats come out afterwards about how he only gave up 15 yards in man coverage and it's like yeah he was playing zone and he got torched against claypool multiple times and when he did he would just like make contact and give up the dpi so i mean i think that there's just a lot more than stat watching so unfortunately i think gardner probably does walk away with the award at this point in the season because the spotlight's been on him but i think that woolen has played better football I think yeah, that's, that's a fair, fair point because Woolen has yeah, and the played six very interceptions good. Interceptions also is very impressive. And what if Woolen's a first round pick and has all of this coverage from the start of the summer, right? Because exactly. he's surprised, yeah. and this is often how the award goes. It's the guy that has the most Sports Center time. Pretty much. But I don't want to take away from Gardner, but it's the defensive rookie of the year. Good luck to everyone who cares too much. Coach of the year is also a weird award that I've never really understood across sports because to me the coach of the year and the gm of the year award is just who wins the thing right like who just wins the super bowl that's the coach of the year i get being <laughs> like the be. offensive rookie of the year and you're not on the super bowl. That, that can happen for sure obviously the mvp even but how can you be coach of the year gm of the year without being the best team and that's why for me nick sirianni is yes. the coach of the year the of eagles are is. the best team yeah and As... the betting odds reflect it he's and like he's also just favorites. the coolest coach too so he's literally yeah. on video <laughs> saying fuck you to the other fans that are near his bench after wins <laughs> after wins talking shit like I've seen a lot of people upset, like, oh, typical Philly guy. This fucking guy, exactly. 
typical Philly guy. That's what we he want. Fits the culture. We yes, want the coach talking shit. I love this guy. He sounded like such an idiot when he started as the Eagles coach. And he was two and five. We all hated him. Guess what, baby? We're back. Eagles back. If the Eagles are the best team, the coach is the coach of the year. Sirianni is the coach of the year. Others in the running, O'Connell, Sala, McDaniel, McCarthy. Tell me why I'm wrong, Kyle. I don't necessarily think you're wrong because I think Sirianni deserves to be the front runner right now. Like, I mean, it's not just reflected in the team's record, but it's how the team's played. It's how he's adjusted and how he's gotten the guys ready for war every single week and brought that energy to the game. I think that he's really tied things together in Philly and like kudos to Sirianni for that. My sleeper pick for coach of the year is Mike McDaniel. And I'm taking my dolphins stand here because, you know, I had them at number two in my power rankings last week, and yeah. I still believe in them, even though they lost to Brock Purdy last week. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that accountability goes a long way. And there was like videos of Mike McDaniels like, I fucked up. That was on me. You know, take that accountability as a coach. You're taking that accountability off your players. Uh, you're not throwing them to the wolves. And you still have one of the best offenses in football um their defense has still been playing extremely well so i mean you eliminate this blip of last week and it's very possible that they continue on the tear that they were on and possibly get you know to a position where we're looking at mcdaniel going wow this guy is one of the best head coaches in the league and i've never understood as well sorry i've never understood the term players coach because like shouldn't all coaches be players coach doesn't a non-players coach just mean he's a dick like <laughs> Mike McDaniel seems like a, a player's coach in the sense that he's not a dick and he's someone I want to play for. And like yeah. your point, Kyle, that video of him saying, Hey man, I fucked up. That was on me. He was saying that to his players that were, that must've been apologizing for a bad route. They're discussing the last play. The coach just straight up says, Hey, I'm accountable. Those players now, when they mess up, we'll be accountable. You can't have it the other way around. If the coach doesn't take accountability, the players won't yes. either. I just It's a s- simple thing. Leadership. But seeing a first-year coach do that is insane. And I'm very happy with your sleeper pick. If Mike McDaniel wins it over Sirianni, if the Dolphins keep on going down this run, I wouldn't even be that pissed off. I'd be a what little would, off, not that pissed off. Do you think, it, let's say in a... Uh, a theoretical universe the lions win out the rest of their games and make playoffs does dan campbell get coach of the year consideration come on man don't do it to me man i wouldn't want to decide uh man i don't know that's a good question i think he was the, well he was the favorite going into the year or something right i is he, either the favorite or the most bet on um if the lions make the playoffs Dan Campbell can have coach of the year. Sure. He is plus 15,000. Why not? Right. Why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> YOLO. Make a great story. You know, it. it's very unlikely as the odds show, but I mean, it's one of those things where like <laughs> no one, it, you know, no one expect the Lions to even win these last couple of games. No one expect them to be the favorite this week against Minnesota, but they're, they're starting to really hit their stride. And like, if they somehow went out and make playoffs, you've oh, got to give credit to, to Campbell. Run. 
Yeah, for sure. I'd love to see him go on that run. I I think that wraps up our award our award uh, conversations though. Got our co- coach of the year picks in. And I think it's uh, time to move on to the bet stamp locks of the week segment. Cue uh, the music. You- fucking love that song yes you may have heard of expedia you may have even heard of honey but you may not have heard of bet stamp uh (laughs) what bet stamp does is it takes all it goes across all the sports betting apps in canada gathers the best odds doesn't matter if it's nfl nba mlb nhl it'll find you the best odds player props even it'll find you the best odds and uh It'll help you find the best odds to make your bets that you want to make. Wait, what's it doing, Dan? Find helping you find the best odds <laughs> uh, to make Hell the yeah. bets that you want to make and and make the most money. Because uh, who? Did, yeah, who 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 doesn't who doesn't want the the best odds when they're making their bets? I don't and, know. Um, my two lot. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants the best odds. Those $5 matter, man. Well, here's the thing, Could Dan. Be even you be can more. get the best odds all you want. You can find the best odds for your bet, but you still need a winning bet to make some money. So tell me yes. a fucking winner that I can make some money off of using BetStamp. My two locks and get on BetStamp while you can to find them because those odds change quick sometimes. Uh, my two picks this week are CD Lamb to score one touchdown. Okay. You can still get him at plus money on FanDuel at plus 100. Why not get a quick, easy double up? Because I think CD is a lock for a touchdown this week. He's been uh, pretty hot recently. Been a, a favorite that. of Dak. And I like number one wide receiver at plus money. That doesn't happen all the time. So Against the Texans, too. Yeah, exactly. Right against the Texans. I As soon as I saw that, I jumped all over it. And uh, my second pick is uh, the Bengals. That's you can get them at five and a half still on most sports books. Uh, perfect anchor for your parlays. Hey, Kyle, since we had Dan on the podcast, we introduced him like halfway through the year. So he's been on what, like five episodes. How many times yeah. has he told our listeners to go about the Bengals spread? This fucking guy with his Bengals <laughs> hometown. The Bengals love. But to be fair, oh, super they're gonna cover, man. so it's it's not a bad bet at all. I yeah, like they it. they keep they keep giving it under that seven point margin. Why not take it? Because they usually won by at least a tutty. What's the best bet you can find on BetStamp for the Bengals spread? It is you can get it if you want to risk the minus six. You can get it at plus one hundred on Pinnacle, but uh, most sports books like Bet three six five. Sports interaction, FanDuel are at five and a half for minus one ten. Yeah, I like the five and a half line a little bit better. I like the Bengals yeah. spread this week, Kyle. You agree? Yeah, so do I. I hate betting the Bengals, but <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I do like the spread. They play the Browns this week, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Right. Deshaun Watson looked awful. Yeah, um, that Browns win is all smoke up. and mirrors, man. Yeah. No, Bengals should uh, walk away from that one with a pretty a, a reasonable uh, amount of points, honestly. I, I would honestly lean towards taking the minus six. Yeah, and even if you want to get risky, you could maybe uh, take an alternate point spread if you want. 
All right, so if you're Bengals fan, Dan, going to tell me what to do with the Bengals game, I'll trust you. Kyle, you're the Ravens fan. Give me a bet I can win some money with using Betstamp in the Ravens game. Yeah, so my Betstamp bet of the week is going to be the over on Demarcus Robinson's receiving yards. Uh, they currently at? have him pegged at 30 and a half receiving yards. And you can get it over at points bet for minus 110. Um, or some lower odds on FanDuel at minus 114. Only a couple sports books have it currently, but keep an eye out for that because with Huntley starting, Demarcus Robinson is going to catch some passes. Pittsburgh's secondary has been suspect. It's a divisional game. It's a really important game for the Ravens in the playoff race. Yeah, And we saw Huntley start to air it out in what I've again, expect to be a simplified Ravens offense with Demarcus Robinson being like their, their true, you know, number one wide receiver, or their X wide receiver. So last week we did the AJ Brown bet stamp out of the week because it was a revenge game. What yeah. happened? Fucking revenge happened. He hit yeah. it twice for you. You're damn right. He almost <laughs> hit it a third time, but he stepped out of bounds by like a yard, uh, a yard by a, a, an inch, maybe. My best stamp out of the week this week, TJ Hawkinson, revenge game, touchdown. The Lions traded TJ, the big cock Hawkinson, to the Vikings halfway through the year. Cannot believe it. In division, and let's be honest, Hawkinson is for sure a top five tight end in this league. I think he could very well be the third best tight end in the league. But I think top five is where we'll all put them. Revenge games are happening like crazy this year. We saw it with AJ Brown last week against the Titans. He's scoring a touchdown this week. TJ Hawkinson <laughs> scored a touchdown plus 190 on FanDuel. You can get it at plus 120 else place. You can't get it at plus 190 anywhere else. So go to FanDuel plus 190. Hammer that. TJ Hawkinson scoring a touchdown this week. That's solid. I love it. So we got TJ Hawkinson, anytime TD, CeeDee Lamb, anytime TD, Bengals spread, and Robinson over yards. Go to BetStamp, download the app, use referral code LooseChange, let them know that we sent you there, and let's make some money together, boys. How do we feel? Let's fucking do this. Yo, dude, sounds like the plan. Have we talked about Baker yet? We haven't. I can't believe we've gone this long. We oh. have to. So Baker to Mayfield was on the Panthers on Tuesday, was on the Rams, or sorry, was on the Panthers Monday, on the Rams Tuesday, play for them Thursday, and he leads them from 16-3 in the fourth quarter to 17-16. A beautiful story, right? But I think the Crazy. main story here is how fucking bad the Raiders are. What losers the loose change oh. losers of the week the vegas raiders just awful yeah. coaching the the raiders sucker was baker actually good i can't tell well, well dan bro. how the fuck with 10 seconds left and no timeouts are they playing a single safety one-on-one press man coverage? coverage why press- like not even just one-on-one like press coverage Press coverage one on one with ten seconds left, no timeouts. No timeouts. Is uh, it was such bad coaching. Like you saw it. Uh, it was super obvious at the end of the game for that final drive. I but couldn't like, believe it. 
you also go back and look at it and it's like Devonte Adams had like that huge play early in the game and then they just didn't target him in the second half. He had zero so like, targets in the second half. The best receiver how, in the league. Why? No. Yeah, after like happening. just just walking past the defender and then making that amazing one-handed catch. He had like two catches for 70 yards or something. And then they just ignored him and just kept handing the ball to Josh Jacobs. And it was like something has a broken finger. Like, like Baker got Amazon primed to the Rams and <laughs> learned the playbook in 10 minutes and toasted them. Like the amount of tweets I saw but that do you were even like, think he learned the playbook or he, they just used a simpler offense. He definitely didn't learn the whole playbook, which just yeah, makes especially it that much under Sean McVay, right? Yeah, right. Like they probably used the dumbed down playbook, like very basic, and like they we're talking, they got... probably had like twenty offensive play calls that yeah. they could have done. <laughs> so, like that's insane. And then the Raiders just played the worst defenses against it. But like the amount of tweets that were like, if Baker goes ninety-eight yards to score. I'll get myself neutered. And that's like, I'm on the phone with the vet now. <laughs> I'm getting a, <laughs> ba- a, t- a Baker tattoo on my ass. Oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, Booking like, the appointment. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, no one believed that Baker could do it. It was like, no one. all odds stacked against him. This is his third team in less than two years. He looked brutal in Carolina. And then, bam, Baker's back, baby. And that pretty much does it for the Loose Change podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate the show five stars. It means a lot. Let's end it on a joke like we usually do. Um, Who wants to go? I got it. I got this one. Hit us, Kyle. All right. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? No. Great food, no atmosphere. Oh, come on, this fucking guy. All right. I got one for you. Okay. So a pirate walks into a bar with... A pirate's ship's wheel strapped around his groin. So he moses onto the bar and the bartender says, hey, can I get you a drink? And uh, what's the deal with the wheel around your waist? And he goes, "Ah, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Come on. That's just oh. terrible. A pirate hey, bar yo. joke? Are you serious? Why am I even listening to this podcast? <laughs>